0: Hello listeners, welcome again to the Mysteries Unknown Podcast for this segment, Behind the Mist, with me, Hunter the MC. And so, today's two lovely guests that we have today is, you've heard them on the Chromatic Roses podcast, where they just share their experiences with Dungeons and Dragons and and share their tips and tricks with tabletop RPGs in general. Would you both like to introduce yourselves?
1: sure hi hello uh my name is katie uh i'm one of the hosts for chromatic roses uh and this she is oh hi
2: um hello my name is soren g hargrove and i am another uh i'm a co-host for (laughs) chromatic roses we're so excited to be here thanks for having us hunter
0: All right, so the first thing I always will have my guests do when I bring them on here is share with us all your history with tabletop role-playing games.
1: Okay. Um well, I think we both started in 2018, is that right? Yeah, if it, if it yes. Yeah, it would I be 2018. So, yeah. yep. Uh so we both have been playing for a few years. Um I think we said like between the two of us like fish Campaigns each. I could probably say five. Some this five. five yeah, <laughs> we're in yeah. there. Uh, mostly D mm-hmm, We haven't mm-hmm. done a lot of other systems, um, but yeah, not opposed
2: to them. We no definitely right. just played a lot of. Uh, D and d specifically like 5e yep. and um, but Katie and I both also play plenty of like video games that are also like RPG leaning mm-hmm. and um, I mean other video games but we're <laughs> mainly talking about D and d yep, rpgs right. exactly yeah. Um, but yeah we've yes' been playing for about five years. Um, I think Katie has been in some longer form campaigns than I have. Yep. Um, I've been in a few shorter campaigns, but uh, I'm now in like a, a much longer campaign actually with her. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's just like the surface of yeah. the iceberg that is us, <laughs> <laughs> our experience.
0: <laughs> the iceberg that the ship may soon hit at one point. Who knows? <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, you got it.
0: <laughs> All right. So... As I said, you both are part of the do the Chromatic Roses podcast. Kind of share with us what started this concept. What gave you the idea to do this?
2: This is Katie's favorite thing to talk
1: about. Well, let <laughs> me tell you. Um, okay, so I was talking with my dad. Hi, dad. Um, just like a nerdy guy who likes computers and all that kind of stuff. His whole job is computers, so, you know. Um and I was talking about just like not loving my job, wanting other things to do, not being sure what those other things would be. And um he mentioned he also plays TTRPGs and we talk about like my game and his games when we when we chat and he just mentioned like hey, your table is dominantly Female. And that is unique. And that could be something you could talk about on, you know, say a podcast. Um, and I was like, oh. And I like, I honestly had never thought about it that way. Like, I hadn't looked at our group and said, wow, look at all these ladies. It's, it was like just like kind of inherent, I guess. And so when he mentioned that, I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. We are mostly ladies. That's crazy. Um, and we're in the Midwest. And so, like, nerdy uh hobbies are not like the majority and so like not only are we playing nerdy hobbies but it's mostly women playing nerdy hobbies um and yeah so I then looked to my uh table and I was like out of these women who wants to do a podcast with me. And I knew it was going to be Soren. So I cornered her at a local coffee shop and said, let's start a podcast. She said
2: podcast now. And I said, expand. And she said, uh, uh-uh. um, so I, I couldn't refuse. Um, but yeah, that, that is the, that, that is how she became.
0: <laughs> and why the name chromatic rose is how come up with that.
2: Uh, this was such a, it was a, We had a couple of very, like, painstaking, um, like, brainstorm, Mm -hmm. like, marketing, like, type Mm -hmm. nights where we were like, okay, we got to make a logo. We got to think about what we're even going to call ourselves. Like, what the, what do we do? And um, my husband TJ was hanging out with us that day. I think Sam popped in and out Mm -hmm. that day that we were, (laughs) I think we were just in your living room processing different things. And we were like, it'd be really cool if we could, like, find a magic item that, like, was from D and D that we could utilize in the title to make it fun. We uh, please, please tell him what the original title of the podcast was going to be. Well,
1: I give him full credit, but it was uh, I married my DM or something like that. Yes, yep. Because um, we both have. Because we both have. We both. Yeah. Have. yeah. And uh, yeah. like, we also. I don't know. I So I got the book, before even having this idea, I got the book, uh, Everybody Has a Podcast Except You by the McElroy Brothers. Yes. And uh, I read that now that I was like conceiving a podcast (laughs) and uh, uh one of the things that they recommend is taking whatever name you've got and like plugging that into socials and um like even spotify and just seeing if that name already exists in the landscape of the topic you're talking about yeah and so we like plugged i married my dm in And the I think the reason we didn't stick with that was because that wasn't like the crux of our topic. We didn't just want to talk about the fact talking about that we're married to a DM. Right, that's that's great and good. (laughs) Love you guys.
2: Love you guys. But um, we were like, I mean, if we're making the podcast, like we're we're the integral part of that story right and so we were like okay we'll try something else but it was a cute little jumping off point for sure
1: yeah and and we eventually landed i think we were looking at a list of magic items and a chromatic rose popped up and i was like ooh chromatic roses i think it was like tj
2: pointed it out oh was it yeah Yeah, Yeah, yeah. he was like how about chromatic rose and And we were like katie and i both looked at each other and we were like Yes. Done.
1: <laughs> and Soren being the illustrator, like, immediately made a logo, and I was like, well, forget it. Well, That's we're done. It. There it is. Yeah. <laughs>
0: okay. So, first off, you basically rolled a nat 20 onto the charisma check for the, for yeah. man, for the DM, basically.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh-huh, uh-huh.
0: <laughs> and then, so what does a Chromatic Rose do, just out of curiosity, as a oh D&D item? Because you mentioned uh-huh. it as an item, so now I'm curious to know what, like, what
1: it does. That I feel is like, a really great question. And you're also
2: just... You're giving me more ideas for content here, like on our social pages, because I would love to draw one, um, and we could just post it as a, as a post idea. That's a
1: side okay. comment, but go ahead, Katie. I'm not... Absolutely looking this up on the internet right now because I didn't have it memorized, but here it is. You wouldn't Uh, be a
0: good DM or player if you weren't looking things up on the internet. Just saying You're right.
1: True. You're right. The Uh, things
0: I have pulled from like pop culture and movies to use for my games is Uh ridiculous.
1: So a chromatic rose is a rare item. This magic rose comes in one of five colors as noted in the chromatic roses table. While a rose is held, it gains a harmless indivi- uh, harmless visual effect, as indicated on the table. While holding the rose by its stem, you gain resistance to a de- to damage of the type associated with the rose's color. If you would like, if you would take more than ten damage of this type from a single source, the rose disintegrates and you take no damage instead. As an Ooh. action, you can blow the petals. from from the rose to produce a 20-foot cone of acid, lightning, poisonous gas, fire, or cold as dictated by the rose's damage type. Each creature in the cone must take a DC 15 constitution saving throw taking 3d10 damage of the appropriate type on the save or half as much damage on a successful one. Using this property destroys the rose. So you've got black, which drips acid as the visual effect and provides resistance uh, to acid damage. Or if you blow the puddles, uh, gives acid damage. Blue crackles with lightning and gives lightning damage. Green issues a green gas, gives poison damage. Red wreathed in fire, gives fire damage. White covered with frost gives cold damage. And ours is pink, so you know
2: it's basically like an OP rose. Yeah. You either take a tiny damage or you do a bunch of damage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is
0: pink like actually one of the chromatic dragon colors? I think in D because so I bought the Fizzband's Treasury book on D D Beyond because I oh, got sure. this whole campaign I'm working on around uh-huh. that that involves the Dragonlands mm, uh, module, and, and I'll probably go on that at some point because it involves a show I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And oh, cool. I feel like, I can't remember, I know pink's on there, I just can't remember what it is for, like, what damage the pink one does. We're but definitely
2: th- double-checking right now. I Also, <laughs> when
0: I think of how this rose looks, I immediately think of the rose from Beauty and the Beast.
2: Oh, yeah. And oh, you I'm just like, said, what if, yeah. how to
0: get this rose is you gotta go to the castle and fight the beast, whatever that beast will be in D&D. That's how you get this item. I just think that would be a cool story to do. Oh, absolutely!
2: And I mean, um, you said the magic phrase because Katie's favorite, like Disney princess, growing up was Belle. It's true, continues to be Belle. I can't. So yeah, that's perfect. Uh, But Katie did just double check um, the pink (laughs) dragon (laughs) description. Uh,
1: I don't know if this is the real one or if this is just like a description, but pink dragons, an exceptionally rare species, which typically lived under in underground layers. They were known to be dopey looking and loved making jokes, (laughs) which like, it fits. (laughs) You're not wrong. It fits.
0: (laughs) No, that reminds me. Sorry, go ahead.
2: Oh, you're fine. I would say we're just a bunch of goobers that yep. like to talk about D and D. No,
0: I follow this one YouTube channel. They're working on making an animation series for their Curse of Straw campaign they're running, Ooh. and one of the players is a pink kobold, uh wizard, I believe, is what she oh, is. that's Cool. It's that's so of, cool. It's one of those. Uh, it's one of those uh, himbo kind of semi characters where it's like, yes. oh, she's so. It's like she's a semi roll, but could easily kill you if you wanted to.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, I love Fembo energy. That's <laughs> yeah. the best. It's
0: funny because the first thing they, uh, the first thing they joke is one of the characters. I don't know what race he is, but he's like a got like has southern accent. One of the guy players in the game, and the short is they just entered Barovia, and they're like, "Yeah, we came out here from the Alamer Woods," and it's like, "No, you're in Barovia. You sure you, you remember how you he got here?" And then the characters, <laughs> "Oh yeah, I remember the Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs>
0: and everyone just dies laughing, and and the what, the DM was like, "How long have you been holding that?" Then, oh, since I started a campaign.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just been waiting to drop it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, that's one of the things I love. Like throwing in humor when even at like the most tense moments, just throwing in that little side humor just to kind of throw everyone off is just a good trick I learned doing this, and mm, also a good coping exciting. mechanism. <laughs>
2: 29% <laughs> uh,
0: Alright I lost my train of thought here Give me a second That's what okay. was I... Let's see we're talking about chromatic roses Talking mm-hmm. about the name and the ideas um, Should not be spacing out it is, not, it is too early still in the day To be spacing out already
2: <laughs> Nah you're okay I'm pretty sure my meds Are working their way into wearing off <laughs> So you're fine <laughs>
0: All right. Um, so I just talk about just your podcast in general, kind of for the time being, because I really, like, I've, I especially really enjoyed listening to y'all's episodes that y'all have so far. It's like, I wish that we could get them more often because there's each one just, there's always that good nugget you get out of it every uh-huh. time I listen to it.
2: <laughs> Thank you so much.
0: Yeah. Because especially for me, um, I really liked the the role playing episode y'all did because. So, I've never played D&D. I'm more familiar with a Power by the Apocalypse based games, which is, like, less... Um, They're, they're more rules-light and narrative-focused than, like, okay. the complexity of, like, the combat and D&D kind of deal. Because, basically, okay. for Power by the Apocalypse games, all you need are 2d6 dice for all your rolls. And then mm. there's said stats or things that you can add to that roll to, like, guaranteed like uh either you fail you mildly succeed or you greatly succeed kind of deal that's how the rules right. work for the majority of them in general and the, what right. i've been doing is city of mist which is basically gods and monsters existing in reality so you have these mm-hmm. normal day people that then have all these other powers to them basically so so the milkman mm-hmm. is like also secretly the crooked man the bank tellers <laughs> possibly queen cleopatra <laughs> you don't know. And then there's this purple mist that's ever flowing through the city that hides all this from, like, the normal people, which are called sleepers in the game.
2: Mm, and, okay.
0: And I haven't had did a chance you, of, like, I'm sorry, what was going to be your question?
2: That's okay. Um, I was going to say, um, did you say that that, like, is it a, it's a game format? You say it's called Power of the Apocalypse? Or Powered what
0: was it called? By the Powered by the apocalypse. It was okay. big. It was. It was. It first appeared in a game called Apocalypse World, where you're basically you're trying to survive the apocalypse. And from then on, it became like its own RPG system that you could just add because there's um I'm trying to remember. Uh, Monster of the Week is powered by the apocalypse. Okay. Um Evil had, did a game called Thirsty Sword Lesbians that uses that same system as well, and they also made Monster of the Week. Um there's a few of them out there that are powered by the Apocalypse based games. Like there's a uh, Masks, which is a superhero based one. And I know Aww. there's a few there's a few others out there that I can't quite think of at the top of my head. And then City of Mist is one. And basically yeah, all you need 2d6 dice. You have like set moves you can do like if you're trying to persuade someone do this, if you're trying to attack someone do this, kind of deal. But like it, but like I was saying, uh, Powered by the Apocalypse, those games focus more on the role-playing aspect which is what really got me into doing what i'm doing now is just because of uh especially when i was listening listened was listening to calamity with brendan lee mulligan how that style (laughs) that he narrates in yeah and that was the first time i actually ever listened to anything critical role related because like i was familiar with them i knew Mm -hmm. of dungeons and dragons but i just never got caught up into it Mm -hmm. yeah and then I started running city of miss games before I started a podcast. Now I listen to Calamity, and that was the kind of the nail in the coffin. Like, yeah, I'm going to start doing the podcast now. And then, even though I made it, my podcast was not D and D related, I, it got thrown into that community as of D and D and all that. So right. everyone that follows me or that I talk to has is like a and D podcaster or plays D D. But I've but it's like I've definitely found like other like tabletop games you listen to because a lot of people. When you talk to a lot of people now, these days, people are actually kind of focusing more on other tabletop games to get to play and all that, especially with the wonderful company that Watsy is starting to turn out. So,
1: yeah, yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. (laughs) You were saying uh, that Calamity was one of the, was like your. Like stepping stone into mm-hmm. critical role and in, in dimension twenty and whatnot, um, and I was just thinking, like, what a lovely intro. I thought you that also served Brendan Lee Mulligan in his finest yeah, form, yeah. and he did such a great job with that campaign. And it was it was an absolute delight to watch and experience. So I'm really glad. Did you enjoy it? I know that like it still helped encourage you to do your podcast, but like. Did it get I, you excited?
0: <laughs> I did not even pause for a single minute when each episode was done. Like I was because my job I work at, I'm basically working by myself, just loading trailers. So I just mm. plug in the earphone and I just yeah. listen to whatever podcast I'm listening to. And I think like two of the episodes I already dropped when I started listening to it, I think. And nice. I was just hooked. Yeah. And yeah. that last episode like I, because I was still listening, because I was, it was towards the end of my shift when I was listening to it, and I was still listening to it on the way home. I was tearing up with the at the ending of that mm-hmm. session because, yep, because we're all inlaid with the idea that the that that the heroes will win at the end of the day, and that was not the case for this party. Well, especially because it. Sorry, I was just going to that- say real quick because it's tied into the ro- the lore of the current Critical Role games that are going on as well. So Mm -hmm. it's like, so it's like, and me, I didn't know about that. So I was not expecting that ending to happen. But it's Mm -hmm. like, when you listen to people talk about it, it's like, if you're a fan, if you're familiar with Critical Role, then you know that when this calamity is happening, this party's not going to see the next day.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Just thinking, I was like, because I watched, uh, campaign one and then caught up to campaign two got to finish campaign two with the like live stream uh and then calamity came out and i was like oh no this is a doomed party Uh what are we all getting into but i like had not thought about the folks who had never seen critical role before who came in on calamity thinking like Okay, let's watch d and D campaign. Oh, everybody dies. Okay, cool, great. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, my favorite, I think, section of Calamity um, was—I mean, they're all great, so take that with a grain of salt. But my, uh, my, extra favorite is uh, the like bullet time when they're like an hour into the campaign and Lou goes, "We're still only one second, one in. second in." Yeah. Right? <laughs>
0: Oh, okay, so the thing that sold this thing for me overall was when, when Osmodeus enters, mm-hmm.
1: and it's that scene oof.
0: with him, and I forget the paladin's name right off the top of my head, but that was, like, one of my favorite characters was the paladin.
2: Yeah, and it's Xerxes? Like, yes, yeah.
0: Xerxes, yes. It's like, you're here among all these people, thinking you're the most humble. Who is the most proud oof. man here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oof, I oof, oof. This? I've seen artwork of this. It's my favorite quote. To reach down a hand to someone, they have to be beneath you!
1: And not beneath, <laughs> <nobody>. <laughs> Oh my gosh, yeah. Uh, Brennan Lee,
2: like I got, like, little bits of chills just because I'm thinking about, like, that <laughs> well, that dialogue exchange. And, and it, like, the vibe pain that
1: Brennan is able to achieve of, like, talking in this very, like, kind of light, almost lilty tone, <laughs> and then, like, punch it in with that yeah. like a skrelt of sorts and it's yeah. just like oh, 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 oh that's a
2: huge testament to him i as much as i love him as a like a, a dm and a D type person um his like foundation is in theater and is yeah. in like improv theater yep. so like his ability even if he had that whole like conversation planned out like all line for line what he was going to do his choices as an actor really sell a lot of his dm decisions yeah. and it it shows
0: like, and also like and you know it goes down with like i think i know what's wrong you're trying to atone for me and i didn't <laughs> do anything wrong
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> all it the
0: shivers that. that went down my spine
2: uh-huh. yeah done everyone's geez mm-hmm. and
0: what's great so there's a youtuber out there i'll have to share this with you maybe later uh what he did mm-hmm. he took clips of that scene and then he added in like effects for like magic and then for that scene with Osmosis, he actually like mm-hmm. changed Brennan Lee's voice to have like that demonic kind of voice <gasps> change yeah <gasps> mm-hmm. which kind of just adds in the more aspect of like if this was uh, happening this is kind of how it would sound so absolutely mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It's like this is not who you are who am I? Mm-hmm. Oh, that was just that was what sold it for me was that scene with the tree of with spoiler alert, the tree of names
1: uh-huh. and it's turning
0: yeah. down and you just see probably this like nine foot tall demon god just burst out through. hmm
1: And whew,
0: yeah, and that was really what sold it for me. And I hadn't even watched Adventure 20 either at the time this happened. I'd just seen the clips and I knew who Brenly oh, was, sure. so I'm like, so I saw this, that, oh, Brenly's doing this game for Critical Role. I'm like, oh, I'll listen to it, see what happens. And my jaw drop is just mm-hmm. dropped the entire time.
1: Yeah, they're crazy over there. Those two, those two um. uh, uh, pieces of media are just powerhouses and <laughs> I could yeah. consume their stuff all day long. Oh, and
0: we, spoiler alert, because I, have, I almost forgot They didn't all die. One survived, just barely escaping. Right, right. And all the characters too, like with their own stories. Like you had Sam and Arabia? Is that her name?
1: Abria. Abria. Yeah.
0: How they played like the divorced couple. How they just made Uh that like such a joy to listen to. You had um Mauritius character, who had Mm -hmm. like was like this high, powerful wizard with all these secrets. Mm -hmm. And then yeah, Uh you had no, not lose character. I forget who played the uh, Eric Croca character, being the father, oh, Tra- so invested. Travis. Travis, the one being so yeah. invested in his work that he forgot yeah, about the peace kids. Out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and let's cool. be honest, Bradley Bolger role playing the son was just cute to listen to.
1: Oh, uh, like, so this cute. is happen.
0: <laughs> to wingspan, come in. <laughs> oh my
2: goodness. Anytime you you mentioned Bria, anytime she is part of anything having to do with critical role or whatever, like else she's with Dimension 20 or even on her own, like I take my money. I love yeah. watching I love watching her DM, I love watching her play. She is such a um she has such like a, a magical presence and such a like a fun presence to have in your space.
1: Speaking of a moment in Calamity when Abria casts blight. Oh MAGA.
0: Oh yeah. That was nuts. That like the whole party's like divided with what's supposed to be going on, and then it's like, oh no, we're all yeah. fucked basically.
1: I cast blight. And she knew it I mean Abria knew the world and knew what yeah. calamity was, and so she knew that was the straw that broke the camel's back. She yeah. was just like, I have to, there's no re I like Laren would not sit idly by. I have to cast blight. Um, I think the character
0: was also partially blaming herself for what was happening because it was part of what she Mm -hmm. was doing in the story that was causing a lot of this to happen as well.
1: Totally. So I feel like story-wise
0: as a character, she was probably trying to wreck. She thought she was trying to rectify a situation that she ended up causing.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Just all how all these backstories just kind of tie in together. It's really great. And then uh, the story of Xerxes, uh, partner and their son Uh That that was an emotional toll for sure. It's so
2: it's, it's too much
0: I can't <laughs> <laughs> it's like that scene like at the end where it's like you just hear Xerxes no yeah oh. <sighs> yeah but it's just that just that, sto- that kind of story and it's especially with the fact that the heroes don't always see the victory
1: right mm-hmm. Yep. yeah exactly. I think
2: it's a really cool example well not a cool example yeah A little bit I think it's just great to see a a not happy ending like I of course as a player like always want you know the best for whatever characters I play whatever parties I join but like to be able to watch something that's like it ain't gonna go well it's it's like I don't know it's a different kind of satisfying and it's also like but this is like the the trauma and the the fallout that later is part of a foundation Stories Mm -hmm. and for like future characters and stuff. So it's like I don't know. I love it. It fits in. It fits in the puzzle right where it's supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
0: It also makes me think of. um, So spoiler alerts for uh, Legend of Vox Machina. So go watch that if you haven't (laughs) yet. That's a great show. It makes me think of in the newest season two um, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: when uh, Vex vexes the girl. Correct the the twin.
2: Vex is the girl and Vax is Vex, Vaxel Vex Dan. Vax.
0: All right. Sorry. Yeah. I'm this is what like, my this is as much uh, the most of critical or is watching the clips of this show. When oh, that absolutely. scene happens when Piercy opens that tomb and oh. Vex is struck.
2: And then the
0: and then all of a sudden Vax is back away and everything just changes, and there's the Raven Queen right
1: there. Oh my mm-hmm. god, that
2: scene I mean um I Katie I know that you've you've listened watched um the original like play yep. of of that campaign and I've really only watched the animated series so far um and bits and pieces of the original play but uh visually watching that scene and watching like Percy basically like deteriorate in, into himself after realizing like what's happened mm-hmm. and just
1: all of that fallout Oof. It was some good storytelling. That was crazy at the table too, because Laura um failed to check, basically. Yeah. And the Matt like looks down at his papers or whatever whatever he has in front of him and looks up and is like the life leaves Vexalia's eyes. Like that. Like and like it could you could tell it was one of those things that I don't think Matt expected Tallison to uh, not check for traps. You know? yeah, yeah. Like so he hadn't anticipated this being the thing. And um like the one time Percy didn't like check around for that yeah kind of stuff. And and the take me instead, you raven bitch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, like that was a direct line from the table. Yeah. Um, that Liam said. So it just like whew, it was crazy to watch there and it was crazy to relive in an animation.
2: And it's so, so exciting and cool to see how big yes, like how big Critical Role has become, but to see the um translation essentially going from that actual play to being animated and how much of it was able to just come along for the ride with the animated series. Like like Katie just said, that take me instead, um, that line coming straight from the table and then like the animators doing such a stress like to the scene and the i mean it's so cool whoever gets to like be themselves or like be the character they originated like in an animated series when they're like playing D D, right so like they were able everyone just they went all in mm-hmm. they went for it and everyone committed and it's it really really shows it makes yeah. me so excited
0: <laughs> And Piercy, basically the majority Of like the first season was all around Percy's arc and his story yep. Getting revenge for his family So he mm-hmm. just went through a whole thing and then this Happens to him <laughs> On top yeah. of He's what like, he yeah. just went through
2: <laughs> I swear I just tried to f- I, I just got over my stuff To really have to open someone else's <laughs> yeah.
0: It's like, is it Tuesday already?
2: <laughs> yeah, really <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah. So oh, geez.
0: that's actually a perfect segue to another episode I'm interested in talking about because I liked it because I also just thought it was the strangest idea as well was your character death episode.
1: Oh. Just <laughs> now, the reason I say
0: it's weird be- from my end because so as I've shared with you and I've shared with people on here all the time I have no issue with it. So I was diagnosed with autism when I was four. <laughs> so I so a lot of stuff I picture a lot I see a lot of things more black and white. Which there's a little Mm -hmm. bit of gray, but I'm very black and white on a lot of things.
2: Sure. Mm -hmm.
0: So while I understand like the emotional concept behind like someone losing a character, part of me is still like, cause I I, I still understand the the fine line between fiction and reality on top of that. That's the black and white part for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is just a piece of paper and I'm having a fun game. I expect that there's the opportunity that my character can possibly die when I'm playing. But I also think where where you all come, where you both come from is like, you weren't, like, you're not expecting it to happen at any given moment. You're thinking, oh, you're going to, like, like we just said, you're going to, the, the hero's going to save the day. We don't always expect for that chance where they don't get to see that
1: victory.
2: Yeah, and, um, in the, hmm, I'm trying to think of how I say this. We, like, go in making these characters with the knowledge that, like, death is always an option, but it's never what you wish, like, for your character. So that yeah definitely is tough
1: I mean I think it the place that it becomes uh like those lines between fiction and reality can get blurred Mm -hmm. um and and I think it's true of Soren and I I mean I see this happen on Critical Role I mean when Vexalia got hit Mm -hmm. by that tomb uh Laura Bailey was in tears yeah um and there, so like, I think there's this uh, section of human, and and I don't know what special ingredients go in to make <laughs> it, but uh, it, it, there's a blurred line. Uh-huh. My character that died, Prim, was is a part of who I am. Yeah, and um, I just like. Anybody who is human knows that mortality is a thing. And so, like, I could leave this apartment. I mean, just to get kind of Dude, gross and weird. Don't. I could leave this apartment, get in a car accident, and die. Like, that's just, like, a thing that's a reality. Yes, yeah. But absolutely. I don't expect that to happen. Yeah. I'm not sitting here going, like, well, time to go. Time like, to Like, here I go. Yeah. It, it's But I do, like, I am aware that I have mortality. That's good. Um, so when... Right. When Prim and Valen situation, like, obviously, they were in front of an archdevil. They knew that they had mortality, all of these kinds of things. And in fact, their mortality was described very clearly in front of them by this archdevil. Yeah. Here are your rules. Here's how this is gonna go. If you make this decision and it's the wrong decision, that's it for you. Bye. Um... And I think Katie as the character, we kind of talked about this on that episode, like, Prim is her own being. Prim Mm -hmm. is a character that lives in my head and also outside of me. I am not Prim, right? But there is a piece of me that lives in Prim and vice versa. Mm -hmm. And Katie, the player, was watching... Her favorite character go through something traumatic, yeah, and was processing Prim's emotions like improv her. improvisationally her emotions uh, in real time. So like I was going through all of that as well as Katie. Then going like, no, my special little gal, <laughs> I don't get to play her anymore. I worked so hard. Yeah, and then also like a third layer of like our friends are not going to be happy this occurred. Yeah, and good, I- yeah good God. It's just, like, it's so meta. <laughs> this is new <Yeah>. meta. <laughs> yeah. So, like, like, and I will say, like, if Prim were a real human, I don't think that I would have processed as quickly as if Prim were fictional, right? Like, I had a moment of grief... And it passed yeah if Prim were real human, that period of grief would have been longer, mm-hmm. so like the fact that it was fictional attributed to the fact that I was like, okay, her her book is closed, yeah Prim's book is closed. I can still reopen it, I yep. can still go look at it. Yep. Um, and I moved on to creating a cool lady that I can't wait to play, but, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah anyway, yeah, that- I digress. <laughs> uh-
2: <laughs> Yes.
0: Yeah. So I think that's one thing I also that I have to remind myself, too, is I mean, I don't even do it purposely whenever I'm because i like to make characters on the side for just for fun, even though I'm probably never going to play them because I'm a forever DM or GM. Mm -hmm. I still make characters on the side and there's always I find I end up putting some aspect of something that either I've struggled with or something, Mm -hmm. uh, some personal characters about me. There's something mm-hmm. in this character that, like, I can relate to that make, just makes me feel more closer when I'm, like, role-playing. And even with some of my NPCs I've done sometimes. It's yeah, just absolutely. Really crazy. Okay, so, like, so in my newest one-shot I did, it's called The Vlies and Leprechauns. And <laughs> I'm going to put spoiler alert on this now, if people listen to this, but I'm probably going to release this episode after the third part, so it won't be as much of a spoiler then. So... <laughs> See, I kind of, I tricked my players. I made them believe, oh, there's this, I basically, so basically that was, that whole one shot was based around, like, the Leprechaun films. Mm. Those horror films where you have the killer Leprechaun. And so I had this, I had this little killer Leprechaun going around killing people in the city. Well, it turns out this Lepre, this killer Leprechaun is tied into this big conspiracy theory. And then there's this one guy that, oh, they thought was a friend. Turns out he's a, he's a kind of like an anti-hero enemy and I based him around the death wolf from the new Puss in Boots movie.
2: <laughs> but the <laughs> that's whole. Excellent.
0: I, and the whole idea, basically what he was, he looks like Big B from The Wolf Among Us. And he's, and his mythos that's in him. And he, he's Fenrir, the Norse wolf.
1: Oh, okay. The bringer yes, of Ragnarok.
0: Yes. Because I still yep. want to deal with that death aspect, but I didn't want to be like, oh, he's just a grim reaper. But I wanted to stick with that wolf. So I thought, Fenrir, bringer uh, bring of Ragnarok that will destroy the gods.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so, but my thing with Tim was the reason that he's doing what this character, NPC is doing, was doing is he sees the corruption and feels like nothing is being done about it. So he's taking mm-hmm. it into his own hands. And mm-hmm. even though he's taking care of it, innocent people are getting hurt. Yeah. In the process.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So mm-hmm. it's basically like it's like blind justice that right. he doesn't care who's getting hurt as long as the corruption is weeded out. Kind of hmm, deal.
1: Interesting. Yeah, that's really interesting.
0: Yeah, and so, just because I kind, of, I kind of, like I said, part of that was like, I see all this stuff was going around and it's like, if only I could do something about it kind of deal.
2: Right. So yeah. So I
0: kind of th- threw that in there, and then I made a character, there's a uh, this was based off uh, another podcast I listened to and they did a uh, show around the game Legend of the Five Rings which is uh, Samurai's During Feudal Japan. Okay. Yeah. And and what they did was they were sam they were sam they were students trying to become samurais. And it just went on this journey of like self-discovery and like becoming like adulthood type stuff. And I created a character for it, but this character struggled with a lot of anger issues. Okay, yeah. To where it affected like it basically was like he didn't care about the honor. That, like, he was supposed to show people as it's like he only had him and, him and his own honor for himself. That was all he cared about, kind of deal. Gotcha. So, yeah. That's so. really neat. And then, that also now ties into when you did your uh, digital versus paper episode, talking <laughs> about which would be preferred. And we actually, this was something we discussed. Uh, I think it was, was it you, Katie, that said you like to draw as you're playing? That's Soren. That's me. (laughs) (laughs) Soren.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I um super prefer to draw and write and all that jazz.
0: Yeah, but it was the when you what you had said on the podcast was you're picturing things as you're playing this game and you're drawing it into on this paper because it's how your visual it helps you to visualize. Whereas with my autism, the phrase that I that the phrase is we think in pictures not in words so as yeah. i'm like listening to someone talk role like narrating as i'm reading a book this mm-hmm. there's a movie i made it to describe just playing in my head and i'm like seeing all this happen and i think that's yeah. why i go more towards like the narrative role-playing aspect yeah. of tabletop games and like focusing on combat because yeah. i l- i enjoyed that story like the narrative flow of details just coming off the tongue how the characters are interacting with each other And yeah, there's combat here and there, but it's not the main focus when I'm running these, my games usually.
2: Yeah, and I, um, we actually, um, we're talking with Katie's husband, Sam, um, the other day, and he was talking about some of his, like, preparation process for some of our games that we play, and he was saying one of the big things he focuses on is, um, the playlist that's going to be playing during our sessions, And um, I knew he put a lot of effort into it, but, like, to hear him speak to it, I was like, well, that's awesome. Because all of the music he picks, like, further enhance that for me, like, further encourages the, like, seeing different scenes and settings and, like, environments or just, like, getting, like, an overall ambiance um, vibe of, like, whatever's going on in the scene. I, I definitely... Fully, almost always, function in, like, pictures and, like, movie scene-esque thoughts. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, so okay. that's just always been my thing, is just... It's also part of the reason, well, one, no one else was running games. I was trying to be a player originally, so I just snapped my fingers like I was Thanos and said, Fine, I'll do it myself. Uh- <laughs> So that's why I started running games was because no one else was running. And just because also, like I said, uh, listening to Brenly Mulgan do Calamity and that free-flowing narration that just kind of just seems to roll naturally off his tongue. Yeah. Just really resonated with like, basically, it's like, I'm not, I don't want, I'm not expecting, I'm not expecting myself to be the next Brenly Mulgan, but how he narrates and does his style of of, uh, running games is kind of how I want, uh, it's like how I want to do mine as well in a sense. Yeah, I mean,
2: he's an excellent example. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, and of course, I'm not taking anything away from Matt Mercer. He's a great DM in his own right. Everyone's going to be different. Everyone's got their own skills and stuff. Because like, I so saw mm-hmm. he's going to be doing a game on uh, Dimension 20 now, because yeah. every now and then they bring someone new, and Brendan gets to play for a change, so yes. it's always fun yeah, to see I'm what cool. characters
2: he comes up with, too. Same. I'm very excited to watch that.
1: And that it's game. a it's a prequel. It's a yes. prequel to The Crown of Candy, so yes. Yes. right yeah. as as Brennan Lee Mulligan got the prequel to the main campaigns to, for yeah. Critical Role, yep. uh, they gave um, Matt the prequel to A Crown of Candy, The yeah. Ravening Wars. It'll be um, yeah. Cool. Abria's playing a uh, Carolina Reaper uh, pepper. <laughs> I remember I'm seeing that
2: Abria was playing, but
0: yeah, I'm interested in these new tabletop games that Critical Role is going to be both like creating and playing on their show now. I don't yeah. know if you saw. Like, there's going to be one that I think it's one is going to be more like rules light, and then the other mm-hmm. one's more like in the uh, complexity
1: of like Dungeons and Dragons and Pathfinder and all that. So, yep yep and they're releasing the last week of the month they've been taking a a recording break uh so they're dark on twitch uh, the last week of the month but now they're putting in a once a month last week of the month uh candela obscura campaign uh yeah uh and that's using one of those rule systems that they are coming up with oh yeah Uh, i think matt's
0: I was about to say, I think Candela uses the rules light, and then I think the, the, new, the one that's going to be more like D&D folk kind of complexity related is Daggerheart, I believe, if I remember correctly. okay.
1: Okay, yeah, okay. yeah that so, sounds
2: right. Yeah, I'm very looking like, forward to that. I think that'll be fun. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I catch clips and glitzes on YouTube here and there about it, so I'm not. So don't take my word on it for like everything. Just look, no, you're definitely,
1: good.
0: <laughs> definitely more TTRPGs to check out because I've definitely been uh, getting looking into a lot more like tabletop games as well that I want to do. Because because so, even though like Sydney Mist was the tabletop that started my podcast, I've always wanted to do more than just that
1: hmm
0: and so like I so there's going to be other like kind of rules like games are going to run on my podcast I'm possibly going to do uh games for other podcasts and then nice. I'm also so I'm going to start a sideshow, and it's called I don't know how to dm because <laughs> the, the original intention was I've never run a game of Dungeons and Dragons before so it's the first time dungeon master sure. running games but then I just I'm switching it up now because C is doing their shenanigans once again okay. and i became a creative partner with a independent ttrpg company called Vindicate entertainment and they have one called other worlds and this mm. guy, and what, and what this guy did was he was spited basically at one point by wizard of the coast they tried to come after him for a card game he created so he created a conversion Dang. document to convert five e-games to his other worlds game
1: oh jeez <laughs> nice
0: so I'm going to that's take cool. the D and D modules and I'm converting them over to the other worlds because I have. Because here's the idea what I got, and this was based off two pockets I listened to. Take Dragonlance, throw it into outer space.
2: Oh, that's cool. <laughs>
0: so I also got Spelljammer, and I'm going to kind of throw in aspects from that as well. I'm combining it with Dragonlance to that's make really, like really really cool. What, what the current name is the Starlance Saga.
1: Ooh. it's
2: kind of cool um now that's very cool i don't know why i said kind of cool um tj my husband has been super into a bunch of the spell jammer content and i think it's so interesting um yeah i love i love the idea of taking like all of this fantasy stuff all of this like all of these D D games that we play and throw them in space because why not we love star wars don't we and like we love star trek that kind mm-hmm, of stuff right. so like why why haven't we done this sooner <laughs>
0: So the funny thing is the, uh, the one that inspired the space aspect was a podcast called The Dungeon Boys, and it's ran that. by – and it's ran by – it and it's a, homebrew, it's a homebrew world created by a DM named Justine, and she created this before, like, Spelljammer was even out and stuff. So it was cool. space travel and all that. She had all this made before Spelljammer came out. So, and then Spelljammer got released, but they were like, "No, we like our world better." Because a lot, I've been hearing a lot of stuff about Spelljammer. Now, some people like it, some people don't. I'm more focused on like taking those ships and seeing how I can apply them to the travel and stuff with what happens in my game. So, absolutely. Yeah, and then I got, and then like I said, I got Fizban's Treasury, and then there's the, um, I know there's, I forget the name escapes me right now, but there is one based around Tiamat. There's a module around mm. that, and I'm gonna. that's going to be kind of like a, the sequel part of the campaign at one point, at some point. Neat. Yeah. It's, it's just all this, was looking at all this stuff, and then just listening to the podcast I listened to that inspired me to get in Dragonlance. It's like, they're more like, they're very comedy focused. It's, the way I describe it, it's like the, one of the players is like the single dad, and he's trying to wrangle his four like adopted children together the entire time is what the party <laughs> is like
2: yeah uh-huh. it's like herding yeah, cats Yeah,
0: that's the running joke of the game it's hysterical they actually they just went through a uh the character didn't die but they lost a party member like they, he just like, uh, like, like he disappeared from that plane and went to another plane uh, during this oh, big yes. fight and, and yeah definitely when that scene happened it was just like wait a minute what
1: Right. Like yeah.
2: I
0: felt that at some level. Like threw me which <laughs> threw me off.
2: You're like, wait a second, I don't normally th- no no. <laughs> <sighs> so
0: trying to think about what else we can talk about. Because I feel like there's just so much we could talk about and I've just like i said, I've been really enjoying listening to y'all shows and stuff, just taking yeah. tips and tricks from you and all that. And um have you all played any other games besides Dungeons and Dragons? Just out of curiosity, or any that you've been looking up that you're possibly interested in?
2: Uh so I think I—I I mean, both of us, I'd say we both dominantly have only only played on the uh, D&D like format, but um. I have been interested in just, like, understanding more about, like, Pathfinder. Um, I know that that's starkly, like, similar, um, but Pathfinder, and then I'm really looking forward to, because Critical Role is kind of leaning into their own platforms, I'm really looking forward to trying out something different purely because i i know i can trust like the critical role people to, to put out something good one but also to put out something that i think will be
1: approachable yeah uh i've only really played dungeons and dragons my dad though plays fate um and he really likes that he plays fate uh G- gm so he and his friend it's only but uh, I know they were looking to get more people into it, but uh they just like collaboratively tell the story together. Not one of them is in charge. Um, oh I see. So I know he really likes that. Um he doesn't have anything against D and D, uh, but he just is a hipster and likes to do things off <laughs> the beaten path. So uh he plays fate. Um i don't know that we as a group like as our group of people i don't know how up for changing systems we would all be and i only say that because like i feel like our group is starting to finally get the hang of D. oh yeah and and throwing us into a new system might be the thing that deters some of our players from continuing just out of like barrier to entry like not knowing what it's about not knowing how to use it so i don't know that we would ever get out of dd as a group but it might be one of those things that like i think individually we might right like our smaller group might yeah and
2: i know um i think i tend to be the person that likes to watch i'll do it a bunch first yeah i like to observe as much as possible and then uh, And then I like to do it myself. So I think, like I said with with Critical Role, I think uh, watching them do that on like Mm -hmm. a nice big screen and watching it either get messed up or work out some of its kinks, I think that will be very beneficial and a good stepping stone for me. Because that's the easiest way for me to learn something new. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, so I know definitely just me listening to just other D&D podcasts and then the tips and tricks shows kind of like y'all, what you both do, definitely helped me learn how to understand more of like how D&D is played. Um, mm-hmm. Pathfinder did a humble bundle, hum, humble bundle, say that 10 times fast,
1: <laughs>
0: did a humble bundle <laughs> thing where you can get like $200, $300 worth, $300 worth of stuff, for like 25 bucks, and I invested in wow. that. So I have all this Pathfinder material plus a few extras I got that then come with it. And I, uh-huh. I'm in the running for a possibly doing a Pathfinder show. I'm waiting to hear back on that to see what happens. Cool. So, yeah, and I already have some ideas because I got the idea where if I I want to be either a skeleton, you could do a be for your ancestry. You could be either like a well, not ancestry. Well, are races and ancestry considered the same thing, or is, am I talking out my button about two different things now? I oh, well, you're not talking now. out your butt.
2: Um, okay. I think i think it can just depend so like race could probably be more applicable to literally what color is your skin and and or like what dang it can't even like necessarily be country that you're born in like it really can be like are you humanoid are you a like are you snake type person like but ancestry could definitely lean into like were you brought into a family that wasn't your own growing up were you an orphan mm. but you grew up in nobility um but on character sheets it usually says something like because of your fey ancestry i whatnot. i think i
1: think it just dep- like it depends on the system you're playing
2: that that's completely fair
1: yeah i, th- I think D and it they use race and ancestry uh like soren was describing it yeah race being Do you look like a snake? Yes or no? Yes. yes. uh, And then ancestry being like uh, more like where your uh, family hails from, kind of a thing.
0: Because the character I'm possibly working on if I get onto that game is I either want to be an android or a skeleton. And yes, you can actually be a skeleton for like your ancestry or race in Pathfinder. And their class would be either Cleric or, instead of Warlock, they're called Witch in Pathfinder. But it's, but it's the uh-huh. same idea as there was some like, fiendish power you made a pact with, and you are now have powers from this demon or fiend or whatever it was you made this pact with. But mm-hmm. the idea is they don't know like, who they were in their past life, this mm. android or skeleton who I play.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, gotcha.
0: And that's going to tie... Really cool. I'm not going to go into deep detail, but it's going to go more into like some like personal experiences I've had with that. As, yeah. as the game goes on, they're going to start regaining memories from mm. like, their past life just over time.
1: Oh, sure. That's neat. That is yeah, really so, cool.
0: Yeah, so... And I think, like, I, can't, I couldn't decide between either Cleric or Witch, because it's like it could either be, like, the deity or the demon takes pity on this person mm-hmm. and brings them back. Mm-hmm. Like, they were human at one point, they died, this other being took pity on them, and now they're either in the android body or in the skeleton form.
1: Mmm, that's really cool.
0: Yeah, and so... Alright. So you actually brought something up that I've actually been wanting to talk about, and I'm going to say we're going to go into a segment I like to call the Hot Seat. Oh, okay! <laughs> and I'm going to need you both to bear with me on this. It's going to sound like I'm playing Devil Advocate. But there's a point to the madness with what I'm about to say. (laughs) Got it. So, in your latest episode, the why did we make, why did we do this show? Basically. (laughs) (laughs) And you kind of mentioned it on here earlier at the beginning. You were talking, you talked, you mentioned about like Dungeons Dragons, tabletop RPGs being like male dominated. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I would say from a how, what kind of people play the game perspective, I would agree. Mm hmm. But I've only been in this community for a year, and when I mm-hmm. look at the people that I'm friends with, who I listen to, because like I said, you got you two lovely ladies who are making this tips, and, who basically making the tips and tricks podcast for people to be able to play. You have the Swords and Sky Mommies podcast, which is an all female Dungeons and Dragons group. Yeah, there's a couple where even though like the DM may be male, the other players at the group are female, and this is like either their boyfriend, their husband, a close friend of theirs that they've done with for a while. Like, yeah. Gals and Goblins is the newest one. They've been, yeah. like, really successful. There's mm-hmm. another one. I forget the name of it now, but it's just these two girls and they're playing as sisters. And I think it's, like, one of their boyfriends is the DM, I believe.
1: Mm-hmm. There's,
0: again, there's the Dungeon Boys, which has a female DM and a couple female players, or female identifying players. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm seeing more women actually taking part in this community. So I think from the point that point aspect i would not consider this like that i would not consider it like male dominated and i just think y'all don't give you you or like don't you discredit yourselves when you try to say that it's male dominated because i think when you say that it takes away from the fact of what you all bring into the community and like what you provide and all that kind of deal when i think about it because i've heard a lot of people say it and i'm just like but th- but i'm and i'm just like but this
2: Yeah, I think, you know, that's fair, and I think there's a lot to be said for each of our own individual um, kind of circles and uh, different, hmm, let me think, like media groups that we we kind of surround ourselves with and communities that we go ahead and join when it comes to D&D. I think now... at like the was it five-ish year mark four-ish year mark i can now say that i am seeing so many women play D and D, and i think it's so cool and it, it gets me really jazzed and excited But when i first started um it was it was still a lot more of a and it definitely depends on the group but um i could definitely use the stereotype like it's a boys club game um at least when i first started um now that that also could pertain to my particular experience, like where, where Katie and I both live, and, and how we um, kind of went through learning the game. The first table I ever played at was dominant male. Um, and here and there, it can be, but um, we, we certainly, by saying it's male-dominated, we certainly uh, correct me <laughs> if I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> We certainly don't discredit ourselves in a way that's like, well, we just we can't get ahead because it's it's a boys game. Um, Certainly not by any means. Um, I think there's just there are a lot of layers to it. It's a big old onion D&D. Yeah, I think
1: I think that there are definitely a lot of female creators in this space. I think there are... uh, an influx of female creators in this space. Just in the last like five years. Yeah. yeah. But I also think that is not like if you were to if you were to look at the population as a whole and not just like a cross section of the population. Yeah, yeah. I think that it's probably while it's growing in the female population, I think it is probably still dominantly male. Well, um, that's what I was trying to like- say,
0: like from, like, how many what people play aspect wise, yes, I would agree. It's yeah. like more men play than women. Yes, I f- would agree with that from that point. And I think it would also be safe to say that these TTRPGs, originally, the creators did not make them with women in mind. I believe yeah. that yeah, it sure. was as we progressed with time, I think people just found a way to make them more appealing to various players in general. Right. And that's why yeah. we now see this influx of like, now we have more female creators and more, uh, like, However, they ident- however people want to wish to identify because we are inclusive yep. here
2: yes, <laughs> yes, however 100%. they want to play Yes,
0: as yeah. well so every- and like people like ho- if they don't like the- how this game homebrew it to make your own kind of deal so yeah, yeah. I- it's like I do agree I just feel like when people say like male dominate it's like I think people usually say with aspects like oh only males people try to say like oh the males control everything and only males can play which I'm like no that's not the case as much now these days I think
2: yeah, I think and I think the tide is changing. I think that that is becoming less and less of a of a true statement. Um it's more so becoming like a lukewarm statement these days, I feel like, which um you know, power to it. Like I'm I'm happy for that to become more of a thing for more women to take up the mantle and either DM or play more or create content. Um it's it's a delight to see.
1: I but I also think in that like I agree. First yes, of all, yes, on. I agree. Step 2 the more I see female creators come out of the woodwork and being active in public, the more I'm seeing them get torn down. Yeah. So like it, while it is more uh, common that females are playing, DMing, creating, there is still clearly, and and I think this is true of probably any industry, but yeah, because we're talking about TTRPGs, I am noticing. And, I mean, it's on Twitter, it's on Instagram. Ginny D talks about it, how she's constantly berated, generally speaking, by males, Mm -hmm. about the fact that she doesn't know what she's talking about or that she's taking their hobby or, you know, like that kind of thing. So that just speaks to me, that tells me that females are infiltrating a boys club. It's a club that was, that these were the, this is what the boys played. And now females are starting to, to make ground in it and they don't like that and be visible right yeah. and and i'm not saying that obviously that's not everybody like no, we no, both no. have husbands who are very uh kind and, kind we, and supportive and welcome us we have uh, <laughs> males so in our I, group that are great
0: yeah so i will i personally i stay away i stay as far away from twitter as i can because when i start my podcast sure. i try to get on twitter and it yeah. was just all the toxicity so i'm like nope and I stuck yep. with Instagram, and basically over time, yeah. Instagram curated itself to what I wish to see and what I wanted to yeah. avoid to see. So, unfortunately, yeah. I, I don't. I don't get to see like all that craziness that goes on. I, well, it definitely is there. I do believe that one hundred percent that that is there, and that is yeah. absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. That because my thing mm-hmm. is when I started this is TTRPGs are for everyone, every race, yeah. every gender, every belief.
2: Yep. Yeah. And of course, I agree.
0: Of course, I've had people try to say, even the evil ones, I'm like, common sense should tell you, I don't mean like, I'm not going to let someone that's like crazy, <laughs> like far <laughs> out there be like, no, that common sense should tell you that's not what I'm implying. And because yeah. I've, cause I've seen yeah, we've, we've talked me.
2: about that in some of our episodes where it's like, you know, common sense should tell you, like, that at, any table whether you're player or a dm like you should feel a certain level of comfort with those people that you know those people aren't gonna like throw you under the bus at any given moment like right. there should always be some mutual respect and like understanding there so yeah i totally i totally agree with you
0: yeah and then kind of like in the similar way that y'all were talking about like when we see the female creators come in and then they're talking and you just as like the basically yeah they're infiltrating the, the what used to be the boys club it's kind of like that I'm seeing now with uh, people leaving Dungeons and Dragons with all the WotC catastrophe but and, but and they're bringing their kind of selves over to other TTRPG communities and it's, it's kind of they're not really changing who they are they're bringing that craziness they had over there over to us and I see mm. it a lot especially in the mm. city of Minnesota currently I'm starting to see it there and it's just like the um, gatekeeping especially yeah. is yeah. ridiculous
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And that, I think all of, all of this idea can, I mean, you could launch this into, I think we can talk about a lot of, I'm going to use the word loosely, but like fandoms. So like, Mm -hmm. but I also mean like hobbies and like games that we play. Gosh, oh, yeah. there is always always going to be an unfortunate like community of of people who are super negative and super gatekeepy, and um, the more I think I think what's been really positive though is to see people like Ginny D and to see people like Abria Iyengar who continue to show up anyway and who are like okay, well, like it's important that like you know maybe another little girl who's like watching this stuff maybe or maybe a full-ass adult woman like also sees this content and is like i can also either play in these games or make that content there's plenty of space for all of us yeah
0: yeah and even though i have yet to like listen to abria like run her game because i know she did a couple already and i definitely checked them out i absolutely believe that she Possesses probably great skills as a DM herself, with probably mm-hmm. how long she's mm-hmm. been. Just if you've been a player for so long, you could easily just transfer that into DM experience alone, in my opinion. Yeah. So, yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah.
0: It's like because you gain that, like that narrative ability as you're playing, and then all you do is just you just turn around and get behind a screen and be like, I'm gonna now project this with like 10,000 other people in the game.
1: Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Uh, she did an EXU like like Brennan Lee Mulligan did with mm-hmm. Calamity. She did one also. Yeah, she's she's amazing to watch. And Marisha has also taken a one shot. Yeah, um, Ashley fan. Johnson has taken a one shot, um, and they both did great work there. Yeah. So. I mean, we've got some great examples of women in the space who are doing it to it, and yeah. they are killing it. And <laughs> I, I think that's when we made that episode. Also, we made a point to end it with our like upswing of like where we continue to see yeah. women in the space go, yeah. and it's very much like make the characters you want to make, like uh, DM the games you want to DM, mm-hmm. like just live like fearlessly and boldly and take up do space
2: it. in the community yeah. and like enjoy it as yeah. long as you're not literally hurting someone right. go, go have fun kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah yep.
0: agree everyone however different they are is going to bring something new to the table and i think that's the yeah. brilliant aspect of just tabletop in general like so, I did a I did a one shot for the entire Swords of Sky Mummies podcast. So that's five ladies all around one table mm. while I'm dr- running them through this new game that they have never played before. That's completely different. <laughs> and they they all picked pre generated characters because they uh-huh. they they had like a folio of like 14 different characters that you can pick from. And they just Neat. took them and they took them and made them the own. Just so well done. And one that's of so them,
1: cool.
0: I think, I'm trying to remember, the majority of them played women characters one of them decided to go with the male investigative reporter that was the rift of don quixote and that- she just <laughs> nailed it perfectly
2: that's so cool just
0: this <laughs> the overtop investigative reporter that's kind of like with the the 70s porno stash as some would describe it
1: <laughs> amazing
0: and, he, and just was like literally the, the opening scene she, this character is giving a speech to himself and it's like Lance. You're the best reporter and you look sexy while you're doing it, kind of deal.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> she just, she went just balls to the wall with it and it was amazing.
2: That's so, right.
0: It was just really great. This, that was really fun. And the story was great because basically what I did was I recreated the Ides of March incident in like modern day with like oh. the, se- the death of Caesar and all that. So,
2: yeah. That sounds really fun. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. And it was also really fun because. I think, like, I don't forget how many of them were actually teachers. So the history, so the history buffs, they immediately realized what was going on. And I was not expecting it. So oh, I'm really? like, yeah. So I'm like, oh, they're already kind of figuring out what's going on. Okay. <laughs> they were metagaming so basically fun. without letting it affect the game. So it was, right, was still right. fun. So
1: <laughs> That's awesome. That's really funny. Yeah. <sighs>
0: but yeah, like I said, I think you both. Like I can't stress it enough how much I enjoy listening to y'all when y'all do these tips and tricks things and just what you both bring to the community alone is just really great. And I enjoy listening to your episodes whenever you do release them. So
2: thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we yeah. um we're I mean this is one of our recording days, so we've got a couple more episodes banked and ready to <laughs> rock. Um, but yeah, it's it's a ton of fun for us, and I'm, I've particularly been enjoying. We have a little segment we like to call the creation station where we build out a character for the listeners um, and that's just been a really fun just like a, what's going on right now with us that's been really cool to dig into yeah yeah
0: one thing I just completely remembered that I should have asked you all before we started this do you have that roll table on hand which
2: roll
0: table just pick one at random and let's just have some fun with it let's just do a roll table because I really oh, enjoy that wanna... part of the show, though. Yeah. I bet I should have said that before we started. I apologize. It slipped my mind that I just remembered it when y'all were talking about Creation Station, so
2: Well, that's okay. Do you mean a roll table like for building a character or for asking like a question? No, for the ones
0: you do both. for asking the ones you do for asking questions. We gotcha. all just do like, the fun random question thing. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. One second. Let's see if we can pull that up. TJ all will right. love that we're getting more use out of this <laughs> like.
0: Let okay, me grab my okay. uh I was gonna say, really
2: do you have awesome dice? I also said
0: a dice tray that I got from my Australian buddy. He actually like does laser brave wood stuff. And wow. so. Actually, <laughs> let, me get... let me get my metal dice I bought.
2: Yes, please. Nice, clunky, heavy. It's a heavy oh, answer.
0: <laughs> very heavy. I was surprised at how heavy it was when I pulled it out of the thing.
1: Okay, so you get to pick. We've got four lists. We've got icebreakers. We've got current like faves. We've got would you rather's like with the D and D flavor, and would you rather's in real life. Let's have
0: some fun. Let's do would you rather's in real life.
1: Okay. Sweet. Okay. All right. Whenever you're ready.
2: All right. I got a nine. Nine. nine.
1: A, a nine. Oh, I think it might start up there. No, let's see. Oh, okay, my bad. Uh, okay, would you rather mm. be the absolute best at something that no one takes seriously or be average at something well-respected?
0: Mm. Best, definitely <laughs> best at something that no one takes seriously.
1: Because <laughs> it, yeah.
0: it would just be one of those things where people would make fun of me for it. It's like, I don't care. I can still do it
2: better than you. But I'm I'm still good at it. So, honestly, I would... Oh, goodness. There's a little bit of, like, ego play at work for me right now. And I'm like, I think I'd want to be average at something well-respected. But then that might hurt. Yeah. And I'm already, like... There are a bunch of, like, little hobbies that I have. Because ADHD. Mm-hmm. And, um... I... I tend to hyper fixate on them and become very good at them for a short period of time Mm. so no one really ever takes all of my hobbies seriously which is fine totally
1: warranted i would rather be average at something well respected (laughs) to answer your question oh gosh (laughs) i don't know i probably also average at something well respected (laughs) but i mean uh... oh no the absolute best, though.
2: Yeah, like, if like you are you are the best. creme de la creme de la Edgar. <laughs> you oh,
0: want to be the very best, like no right. one ever was.
2: Like, you're the Pokemon master of whatever thing it is you delight in. But oh, no one God. takes it seriously.
0: And that just brought a whole new set of emotions with the state of that uh, series now, since they retired Ash, so.
2: Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I love Pokemon, so it's it's been a rough
1: it's been a rough go.
0: <laughs> Let's just do one more for laughs. Uh, I got a thirteen this time. Same chart. Okay,
1: same chart. Okay. Thirteen. Would you <laughs> would you rather use a push lawnmower with a bar that's far too high or far <laughs> too low? Hmm.
0: <laughs> uh far too high get my back straightened out finally
1: there you go yeah (laughs) stretch stretch it out yeah i think i'm also far too high the idea of being hunched over mowing an entire lawn makes me want to die no thank you um i am
2: so short that how low can it be really how low can you go (laughs) how low can it go and then we'll find out how low i can go (laughs)
0: Well, if it was, like, one of those, like, auto mo- robot mowers are out, but you have to, like, push that around instead without the while yeah. you're just pushing behind it the entire time, like, doing, just, like, just army crawling on the ground, pushing it behind you, in front of you. Yeah,
2: you have to, like, guide it, <laughs> to make go. it mow. Yeah, yeah. But it keeps getting off track. <laughs> That'd be perfect. <laughs> All right. So
0: i'm br- i'm starting to run out of things i want to talk about even though i want to keep going i'm running out of ideas Is there anything that either of you would like to talk about or ask about
2: um i i don't know i mean we've covered a ton yeah. and it's been it's been awesome talking with you so totally. thanks, thanks for inviting us
1: on yeah we really appreciate it we've had a great time
2: yeah, yeah it's
0: like again it's like i'm really glad we got to do this um Funny that you both have Instagram, even though you're like hardly ever use it. So I'm finally glad we were able to somehow communicate to work this out. Yes,
2: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I think we we uh, it, it depends. <laughs> Channel account, and then we have our own personal accounts. But good gosh, <laughs> social media is a beast. <laughs>
0: yeah it's like i'm just i'm just so used to like being on instagram because it's like i don't even have a facebook page for just because i didn't want to mess with making a facebook page i just have the instagram account for my uh two shows that i'm doing and so it's just easier that way and it's like i talk to a lot of people and it's easier to kind of coordinate things through because it's like you just have one thing to do so yeah
2: yeah absolutely
0: it's it's crazy especially with my uh it's like that one uh, meme where it's like when the guy tries to solve it's like one sheep two sheep uh it's like purple red square oh mcdonald have a farm hey, <laughs> macarena
2: yep you got it
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right All right so do you you want to share your plugs with the listeners before we close this
2: out Oh, sure. Sure.
1: Absolutely. Do you Um, want to, or shall I? I'll do it. Um, okay. We're on every place you get your podcast, pretty much. Uh, chromatic roses. Um, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at chromatic underscore roses. Yep. Um, you can get us at uh, our Gmail, send us an email Mm -hmm. at C-H-R-O-M-A-R-O-S-E-S at (laughs) gmail.com. The eye contact there was strong. (laughs) And, uh, uh, we upload a, a new episode every other Wednesday Yeah. Um, I, as long as both all the stars align and we're able to get our recording right. situation figured out. Yep. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Check us out. We'd love to have you. We love talking with you guys. Um, yeah, it's been such a delight
2: to be on. So please come come hang out with us on any of those channels. And um, a big, yeah, just a big thank you again for having us on.
0: Yeah, I would definitely say if you're, like, a first-time DM and you're looking kind of, like, to explore how you want to, like, run your games, what different aspects you want to explore of it, definitely check out the Chromatic Roses podcast. They have good episodes that kind of cover, like, each individual thing for the most part, and there's only probably more to come, so I'm looking forward to hearing the rest of that as well, so. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Yes, yeah, and um, just as a a little side plug, we do have an episode coming up where we interview a DM. It's true, we interviewed my husband (laughs) just today. (laughs) It's
0: the husband. (laughs)
2: Yes, it is indeed, and he had a lot of cool insight to share with us, so we learned a bunch, but I'm excited for everyone to get to listen to it. Yeah. All
0: right, the Nat20 persuaded him to come onto the show, so. (laughs) Turn it in.
2: (laughs) And as,
0: and as always, you can find me on Instagram at Podcast. M-I-S-T-U-N-K podcast, and if you just want to reach out and email, you can send me an email at mistunkpodcast at gmail.com And by the time this episode comes out, if you have not yet, listen to my three-part one-shot of Lies and Leprechauns, which I did with the Fireside Dice D&D podcast, so make sure you check them out as well, just a little plug right there for all my buddies. <laughs> so... Katie Soren, it was really great to get come on here and get to have this conversation with y'all. I had a real blast and just glad we got to just shoot shoot out everything and just talk about anything and everything. So.
2: Yeah, it was a ton of fun. Thank so you. Fun. Yes. <laughs>